Well, we're very grateful this morning for Veronica and Sarah to lead us in uh, our music. Alex would have been here, but his wife just gave birth to twins, uh, eight pounds each. And, uh, but they're both, they're both very uh, healthy boys, and, and mother and children are doing well. So uh, the encounter between Jesus and this woman is, is gripping, it's traumatic. And Jesus is doing some things that may even seem a little off-putting to us. But any dad or mom can understand this woman's situation. Her daughter's being tormented by a demon. And any mother here knows what she feels like when her child is in danger. And this situation sounds like a most serious kind of danger, the direct activity of the demonic. And she and her family are not part of the chosen people. They're not part of the covenant. But that doesn't seem to matter to her right now. In her desperation, she just needs to get to Jesus. And Jesus turns this desperate and difficult situation into a beautiful, transformative, and salvific encounter. And this woman offers to us profound lessons on prayer. And what I propose to do this, mor this morning is, I, I just want to, together, let's walk through this encounter to put yourself in the, in the place of this woman and to see how she teaches us how to pray in, in the living relationship with Jesus Christ. So, for the first thing that I think this, this lesson teaches us is that the, this encounter manifests the truth that evil is real and that we should do something about it. The devil, a fallen, corrupted angel, is real, and this perverted, hateful narcissist seeks to defile and to destroy and to make our lives miserable. All the better if he can make a little girl suffer. In the face of evil, we are not to stand by idly like a coward. Evil thrives when good people do nothing. We belong to God and we are to fight evil with him whenever we encounter it. And the woman shows us how to do this, to stand up to evil and to go to Jesus, to pray to him with faith, trust, and perseverance. And so what is our reaction when we see evil at work? The devil wants us to be silent, make us afraid so that we just stand there or make excuses and rationalize that it's really not our business or our problem. The woman sees this evil attacking her daughter, and what does she do? She doesn't cower. She doesn't give up. She doesn't roll over. She starts to fight it. She stands up to it. She goes to Jesus for help. And this is how she stands up to the demon afflicting her daughter. She goes to Jesus. Only he can help this situation. She gets up. She searches. She humbles himself to go to someone who is not part of her life and experience. And her whole being is unified, body and soul, in a singleness of passion and intent. In fact, the Greek verb here, we, we hear that, that she went out to Jesus. She came out to Jesus. 
and that's, that's the same word we get, where we get the word exodus. Right? This woman is having her own exodus to, to Jesus to set her daughter free. She's willing to try something new, not acting based on her preconceptions or those of her people. And she finds Jesus, and she even embarrasses herself by continually calling out to him. Now, again, the Greek text is a little bit more than what we hear in English. We hear always she's calling out to him. Actually, the, the Greek word here is more of like she's yelling, she's screaming. And the tense of, tense of the verb is like over and over and over again. She's being loud and insistent. This is good prayer. We should pray humbly and honestly. The Lord wants a real relationship with us. And he delights in us crying out to him, coming to him with every need, no matter how distressing or even how small or insignificant. He cares for this woman and her daughter. And he cares for us. We matter to him. And what is so attractive and important to notice is this woman's faith. She believes that Jesus can do something for her daughter. She doesn't yet know him as the living God of the universe who has come to set us free from sin and death. But she calls out to him using the messianic title, Son of David. She goes to him with all that she knows so far about him, and somebody is obviously told her about Jesus. That we are to pray in faith, to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, that he is your Messiah and my Messiah, and that he can and that he does want to intervene. So here's this woman teaching us how to pray, to go, go to Jesus, to be insistent. But then Jesus, and here's where the encounter puts us off a little bit, right? What is Jesus' reaction to her? He seems to ignore her. Have you ever felt that way in prayer? I have. Her impassioned plea is met with divine silence. And one of, the, one of the great commentaries on the Gospel of Matthew is from Erasmo Levimericacus, and he says this. He says, perhaps the most mysterious and trying aspect of the life of faith is this silence. And the woman simply has to endure it. In that apparent silence, it seems like the Lord doesn't seem to be there, right? Have you ever felt that in prayer? That he's ignoring you. And here is where the enemy can start whispering lies to us. Discouragement can be so tempting. Jesus doesn't want you. How could he want you? You're a miserable sinner. He doesn't think you're worth it. He may be worried about other people in the world. He's not worried about you. Give up. 
Stop praying. It's not doing anything. Have you ever heard that voice before? I have. Many times. What does the woman do in the face of this divine silence? She doubles down on her, she doubles down on her prayer. And notice what the divine silence is doing in her heart. That the desire and the fervor of her prayer intensifies. It expands. She starts to expand. So Jesus ultimately isn't ignoring her. He's at work in her soul in a way that she doesn't yet realize. This is what happens. We're used to relating to the Lord here. We go back and we we don't hear anything because he's gone deeper to pull us in a deeper relationship with him. And then Jesus goes even further. Not only does he seem to ignore her, then he seems to reject her. Have you ever felt like that in prayer? Rejected by God. I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Wow. That could cut deeply. Oh, I'm not part of the group that Jesus came for. How easy it would be to just cast down her eyes in shame, bow her head, slink away. But what does she do? She double downs again. She goes right up to him and gives him homage. A Gentile, not part of the chosen people, goes up to Jesus in front of him and gives him homage. Such faith in what seems to be divine rejection, she doesn't back down, but she pushes into the darkness of the felt rejection, expressing deep faith and trust in him. Lord, help me. She's speaking from the rawness of her heart. So real. This is great prayer. To cry out to Jesus from the rawness of our hearts. Lord, help me. And again, the Lord is doing something in her soul. And through this apparent rejection, he is again expanding and intensifying her faith. It's like putting weights on the bar at the gym. And this woman is responding magnificently. Then Jesus takes it even another step, going from ignoring her to seemingly rejecting her, and now seemingly adding insult to injury. It's not right to take the food of the children and throw it to the dogs. Ouch. But through these words, he brings her into this vibrant, beautiful, humble expression of faith. Please, Lord, for even the dogs eat the scraps that fall from the table of their masters. Wow. Such perseverance and humility and trust and confidence in him. And then now comes the fruit. Look at what this encounter does. It is transformative for her and for her daughter. 
But he praises her and grants her desire. O woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And so this Canaanite woman goes from being a foreigner to being an example to the chosen people. Indeed, an example of what Jesus' church will be like. All people are being called to faith and to belong to him in the fullness of his chosen people, which is his one holy Catholic and apostolic church. It was prophesied by Isaiah. The Gentiles are coming to faith in Jesus that surpasses even the children of Abraham, so that Abraham now becomes theirs and our father in faith. And I can't help but think, with the, as we walk through this encounter with this great woman, to think of another great woman who shows us about trust and perseverance in prayer, St. Monica. Now we have her statue right over there. She prayed for her son Augustine's conversion for 17 years, and her prayer was answered. And St. Augustine went on to become one of the greatest saints and theologians and doctors of the church. And St. Augustine says this about prayer. He says, God wants us to ask persistently, not in order that he might be changed, but that we might be changed. The woman was changed through this encounter. God wants us to ask persistently, not in order that he might be changed, but that we might be changed, so that we will grow and intensify and expand into the likeness of God himself, and to take on his will, and to do his will as it is done in heaven, that we would do it on earth. Because whatever his will is, is the best that could be possibly imagined. And an, an, another great woman saint on prayer, St. Francis de Chantal, who uh, spent her life, she was a wife and mother who eventually became a, a religious sister, a nun. She says this, she says, if it seems to you that you're not heard, cry out the louder. If you're driven out by one door, come in by another. If you hear the words said to the Canaanite woman that you do not deserve the graces for which you ask, humbly reply like her that you do not aspire to unusual favors, but only to eat the crumbs that fall from the divine table. And do we believe that even one crumb of divine love is enough to answer all our prayers and satisfy our hearts. That little crumb falling from the divine table is infinite in power. And the Lord doesn't just give us a crumb. He just doesn't give us scraps from the table. What does he give us? His entire self, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Holy Eucharist. That we bring to Jesus in the Eucharist all of our needs. And so the, the Dominican father, William Bonnewell, he comments, he says, let us therefore rid ourselves of any skepticism regarding the power of prayer. Eternal truth cannot lie, and eternal truth has asserted 
ask and you will receive. Let us take as our model that truly amazing woman. Her attention and fervor could not be surpassed. Her faith and confidence in God's goodness and mercy never wavered for an instant. And so here's what I propose for us, some homework this week. Let's go back to that passage each day this week. Put ourselves in there. Let this woman teach us that we too would have that transformative encounter with Jesus. That we would stand up to evil. That we believe that Jesus is real, is God, and is your Messiah. Pray in the rawness of your heart with perseverance and never give up. To endure the divine silence and to push with confidence into the darkness even when you feel rejected. To let Jesus change you through prayer. And he will answer and the fruit will come forth. So let's let Jesus form us, transform us, and grow into the saints that he desires. Amen.